You're listening to Rookie Pirate Radio, the official anime and manga podcast for InBetweenDrafts.com. I'm John Negroni. And I'm Travis Hymas. And today we're doing a manga recap of One Piece Chapter 1088, titled Final Lesson. Travis, there's only one lesson I've learned from doing these One Piece manga recaps with you. Always make confident predictions, because then I get to be right about them sometimes. It works 100% of the time, about 45% of the time. I'll explain that in a minute, but uh, as usual, we will be discussing spoilers for the One Piece manga up until this chapter. So if you have not yet read chapter 188 or 1088, be sure to do so now for free on the Viz website or Shonen Jump app, linked in the show notes as always. And remember, all new chapters are available to read for free up to three weeks after the official release or whenever you want if you're a member of Shonen Jump like us. Travis, though, I mean... I want to talk about One Piece. I want to recap the manga. But then after you and I have our conversation about it, I want to have a conversation with the fans. But what do I do? Well, John, you're in luck. There's a couple of ways for the fans to talk back to us. Tell Uh, me how. Oh, it's very easy. Uh, The first thing you could do is write us an email at rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. Rookiepirate what? Rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. I should really do radio ads if that was a thing still. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, uh, rookie pirate radio at gmail.com. You can, uh, shoot us an email and congratulate John for all 100% of his correct predictions His his, uh, ex- insane psychic Madam Shirley levels of, uh, prediction ability. Uh, but, but I'm if you want to have failure for this next one, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if, if email's too slow for you, if you, if you, uh, can't wait for, uh, you know, that good old fashioned digital snail mail, uh, that's okay. We actually have some good news for you. We have a discord, uh, for inbetweendrafts.com. Uh, there's a link to it in the show notes. You can pop in there. We have a channel discussing one piece spoilers, just one piece in general for those who aren't caught up and so many of other things that the in between drafts crew all write about and converse about from movies to TV to music and more. Uh, we're in there pretty much every single day, me and you, John, and we're always having some great fun discussions with the community. Uh, we'd love to see you there. Obviously, I agree, and that's all true, but I do resent you calling it digital snail mail and not digital denden mushy mail, but I understand why you did it. Well, I mean, that would be like a voicemail, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it's not exactly like, like cutting-edge technology. It would be like, here. I was going to go with digital news coup, and then I thought I was maybe harping it up a little bit much. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. Inari news. Um, okay, One Piece, 1,088. Let's just get into it. I'm going to go over these main beats with you, Travis, but... The general impressions arc. Uh, let's do the general impressions after the main beats. I feel like we have to do it in this this certain scenario. How about that? Uh, it sounds good to me. Cover is a nice, beautiful color spread that is hyping up the One Piece live action show. If you're curious about One Piece live action, we just did a bonus episode of Rookie Pirate Radio that's out right now where we broke down the first official trailer. We also broke down the official teaser from last month, so you can find that too. You have hours of live action One Piece content you can get from us if you'd like it. But uh, yeah, this is just a nice little send up to East Blue, but in the art style of the now, essentially. Basically, it looks like Oda redrew stuff from East Blue, but like with his current style. It looks pretty sick. I completely agree. I love it. A little little bit of Don Krieg erasure. I mean, like, what are you? The One Piece trailer? Uh, Okay. So main beats here. The chapter opens with a flashback. What else is new? 
to a young pre-buff Kobe. That's what I'm going to be calling Kobe from now on when he's not the like big strong Kobe we know now. Pre-buff Kobe. That's what I'm going with for now. Uh, he's being taught by Garp to always value the lives of the young over the old, because according to Garp, the future of the young is infinite. We then cut forward in time, but not to the present. The chapter shifts to a few weeks ago on Amazon Lily, when Kobe was originally captured by Blackbeard. And we find out the reason is because he traded himself over to the Blackbeard pirates willingly in order for the captive Marines to escape. And then we flash forward to the present, finally, on Hachinosu, as Pizarro's large island hand is about to crush the Navy ship trying to escape. And back on the island itself, Garp commands Kobe to stop the hand by himself, while Prince Groose catches the falling debris and Helmeppo protects both of them from enemy interference. Meanwhile, Garp says he'll create an opportunity for them to make their move. Right as Kobe and the others leap into action, Kuzan returns to face down Garp, who has finally gotten to his feet, and he immediately knocks Kuzan down to the ground with a powerful charge, then rushes all the way over to Pizarro's face, the massive school structure on the island, and uses his galaxy divide attack with Conqueror's Hockey to boot. It weakens Pizarro and gives Kobe enough time to make his move. We get one more flashback, though, this time of pre-buff Helmeppo, explaining to Garp that pre-buff Kobe always has bandages on him because he knows he's super weak and he has to train 200 times harder than everyone else and has even been punching his bloody fists in a Garp's battleship bags. We then cut to the big moment when everyone watches as Kobe, knowing that if he fails to stop Pizarro's hand, a lot of people are about to die. So he uses what appears to be Conqueror's Hockey, maybe even advanced Conqueror's Hockey, in a move called Honesty Impact. And honestly, I loved it successfully destroying the entire mass of hand while Prince Groose protects the ship from all the falling debris and Helmeppo catches Kobe and brings him to the ship safely. But there's no time to celebrate because Garp orders everybody to leave the island without him, even despite their protests to go back. And we see the Blackbeard pirates gathering around a fallen Garp. All of them look sullen and quite angry. There's an ice spear through Garp's chest, but a smile on his face declaring that all of them on the ship are the future of the Navy. According to the narrator, the next day's headline says that the legendary hero Vice Admiral Garp had disappeared, and the chapter ends with a cut back to, you know it, Egghead Island. The Marines have arrived, and the narrator caps it off with the incident in which Straw Hat Luffy, Emperor of the Sea, barricaded himself within future island Egghead. Break next week, but let me just say, Travis, last week, I predicted that Garp would be captured, you predicted he would be dead, and I win. Okay, I'll grant you that. I, I was going to debate you on, ah, is it? But it really looks like he got Jaguar desold. And yeah. as we recently learned, that is not as permanent as we once thought. So for now, I'm I'm still on team. I think we're done with Garp, but we'll get into it. But, well, I mean, I'm team Kizaru. Uh, Kizaru. Kuz, I think Kuzan just saved his life more than anything else. Uh, I And I've seen other people echo this same sentiment. That the fact that he's being frozen with all of these wounds is probably the only way that he does survive. Because uh, left to his own devices and as a captive, uh, he would just kind of bleed out, I would assume. Or the Blackbeard Pirates would just finish him off. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it, it does look like he's being frozen. That's that's very clear. I I, I don't know. It's just he, he's got the big old Will of D smile on there. It, 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 this reads like a you know, hey, we're going to be wrapping up this part of the story for him, you know, kind of thing. To me, it reads as unfinished business, especially since he says, I'll manage on my own. I'm just saying, I think that 
if he was going to die, I think it would be clear. And I also think the headline would be clear about it, too. I, I, well, you see, the thing is, is that missing in action makes sense because he's not confirmed. But in either way, I think this is more a conversation about what do we think about Kuzan than what do we think about Garp? Well, that's the thing, right? I think that Kuzan doesn't want to kill him. Right. Like there's even that moment in there where I mean, this debate's going to be fun, huh? But uh, oh, he yeah. says, I'm saying it out of concern. And there's like a look on Kuzan's face where he's just like, come on, man, like stay down. You know, I don't think he wants to do this. I think he's doing it out of obligation. And it makes sense within his character that he wouldn't finish off Garth. He just wouldn't. You know, you know, and it, it, it is pretty telling that once again, um, Kuzan has found himself in a situation where he's being asked to do something he really doesn't want to do again, you know, in the direction of someone he respects and has affection for. Um, again, it, this is a Jaguar D Saul situation. Um, and, and, and even if we want to, you know, draw the parallels more, obviously it, clearly this is, you know, Garp's lesson to Kobe in the beginning of the chapter is a lesson he taught to Kuzan as well, because that's more or less what he did on O'Hara. I'm a fan of the, I don't want to say it's a theory, but the sort of speculation that what could happen next is the Blackbeard Pirates now have Garp instead of Kobe. They have a much bigger bargaining chip and they have two main options, right? Well, they have three. They could kill Garp to send a message, I guess, but I don't think Blackbeard would do that because I think Blackbeard made it clear his motivation with Kobe was to trade him over in order to get his own kingdom. Now, at the same time, the other option, the second option to that, is cashing in uh, with the Cross Guild and thus pitting the Blackbeard Pirates with the Cross Guild members who I don't think have three billion berries to spare for Garp, quite honestly. So that makes me wonder, you know, are they setting the stage for Blackbeard Marines kind of confrontation or Blackbeard Cross Guild? It's, it's a very interesting thing to go to. And if I know Oda, that and I don't, I would say what would be kind of cool is that the Blackbeard Pirates went over to the Cross Guild, and this is my prediction that's going to be wrong. Uh, if they go to the Cross Guild, Cross Guild can't pay it, and we now have like Doflamingo and, and Boa Hancock, and it's like now the Warlord, basically, alliance. And they essentially come up with some kind of deal with Blackbeard, and Cross Guild becomes a more urgent threat or something like that. Um, that's just me thinking on the spot. The only the only thing is, is that uh, the question of alliances is really an interesting one right now. Um, do the emperors do a situation where they start aligning with each other in this race for the one piece? Or are they going to be head on with each other? Because just a few chapters ago, we had Buggy straight up declaring war on the other three. He was like, forget these guys. Let's just go get it ourselves. Well, I like the idea, though, of there being some kind of team up that feels even more overwhelming. And if anyone was going to team up, I think it would be the cross guild and the Blackbeard pirates. But I, I mean, fair point. It's more likely that they're going to clash, but I don't know. I, I, I like, I just like the idea of like, then the straw hat pirates feel even more like small fry in the face of such an overwhelming force. You know what I mean? You know, it has been nice to have that reminder a little bit that after all of these accomplishments, um, once again, the Straw Hats have sailed into a situation um, that is significantly bigger than themselves and that they may not, even with Luffy's newly discovered truth, uh, they may not have all the gas for yet. You know, uh, yeah, th that's kind of helps. I would love to see, though, uh, since you do bring it up, if they do try to turn Garp in, how does the Cross Guild can like 
do they just execute them execute him and if so how do they detain him long enough because the only thing that i could think of is the like the the other reason kuzan would freeze garp is that's the only way to contain this man of course yeah um so yeah that's why i would think like okay how do they kill them i think mihawk would be able to kill garp sure like especially if he retain if he stays in this injured form if he's just preserved and not healing um sure mihawk absolutely i could see that um and and again it really does feel like garp you know has at least decided he's he's done fighting for the time being he he accomplished his goals he's quite satisfied with himself he feels like 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 uh, you mentioned, the Blackbeard pirates look all sullen. Like he completely beat them. He's on the ground with an ice spear right through him in what appears to be the same place he got stabbed, and he's laughing at them. What a what a fantastic way to to uh, end a fight. He's just like, yeah, I'm the guy on the ground, and you guys lost. It's such a Luffy m- moment, you know. And I mean, Basco Shot doesn't look that angry. I don't think he's capable of that, but. Yeah, you're right. Like everyone's just kind of like, yeah, they, they got their asses handed to them and they they kind of won on a technicality and they didn't really win because ultimately Garp accomplished his mission. Right. They saved Kobe. And I think that they understand, like with what Kobe was able to do to Pizarro, that they're they're in the in a tough position. At the same time, I, I do think it would be kind of interesting to see the Blackbeard Pirates maybe even fight amongst themselves over what to do next. And I think we are sort of due for the downfall of the Blackbeard Pirates when that day comes that it's going to be like the final confrontation with them, that they're not really a crew. They're like the Rocks Pirates. Like they don't work together. If they had worked together, like if they had really been like Nakama, then Garp would have lost. Like there's no question. Garp wouldn't have just lost. The, The entire Navy there would not be existing right now because I think we already talked about this, but like. Part of the reason any of this happened or got to this point was because they were all just standing around, like kind of just debating what to do next. And there was no sort of like urgency. There was like no sort of like, hey, let's help each other, like work together. And there was just sort of like, I don't want to get in trouble with Blackbeard. And it's like, I don't want to do anything. You know what I mean? I mean, I get that. But also in pretty much every single brawl we've seen the Blackbeard pirates in, it's never a one on one affair. For for as um for as sketchy and self-serving as pretty much all of their members are, Kuzan, debatable. Yeah, they ambush people. That's their style. Yeah, they love like the sketchiness of them creates this weird situation where they are the only ones who are like, there's like five of us here. Why don't we just all fight at the same time? You know, kind of situation. We see this in the fight with Law. We saw it um, a little bit with, uh, you know, I I guess Blackbeard versus Ace might be the closest to a a single one on one showdown. But yeah, I mean, they they all ganged up on Whitebeard, even though Whitebeard was basically donezo anyway. Like they do not take chances on it any kind of like honorable brawl kind of thing so you're right that there's no team unity but they do understand how to work together i i think i think kuzan and garp would have been much more evenly matched if there wasn't also having to deal with pizarro and uh, and shiryu stabbing him and and uh, you know it, it it's the little things right you wear them down and eventually eventually it creates an opening I didn't I didn't really see them working together more so than just trying to overwhelm him and kind of right. feeling at that. But yeah, I, it's, I, I it's take not your point. teamwork. It's 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 collaboration for the sake of of just so happening to be in the same place. But if there is room then for character development with the Blackbeard Pirates and like we could see them potentially become more like that. And how best to cap it off than to see the Blackbeard Pirates form? a Voltron just like Zoro, Sanji, Frankie and Chopper and Usopp. And no, no, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I mean, 
if they could get Catalina Devon to actually join, they would <laughs> they would overwhelm the the unity of the Straw Hat Pirates because they could not be embarrassed. Let's not forget. I mean, we don't see that ship in this scene here, but uh, there is a Blackbeard pirate ship headed toward Egghead Island as well. We still don't know who is on it. We know that like there are a few. Uh, there are two Blackbeard pirates, Katarina Devon and uh, Lafitte, who have not been accounted for in all of these misadventures. And since this is the next day, it seems unlikely that the you know that those Blackbeard pirates would be any of the ones who were uh, with uh, who were fighting law on what was it Winter Island or Winter Island? Winter and, Island, yeah, yeah. And then on and on this island, uh, Hachinosu. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, uh, well, the 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 narrator kind of makes it sound like the like we're kind of sort of flashing back. I are um, these are happening at the same kind of things. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, so it's like the, ne- the next day's yeah, yeah. headlines. So it does feel like kind of what we were talking about last week, where it's going to be kind of a slight flashback where we cut back to, to Egghead and kind of kind of catch up on a little bit and, and, and get back into the action, which um, as, as great as as these adventures have been, I got to be honest with you, I'm very glad to be finally going back to Egghead. Yeah, I'm ready to hang out with our friends, our family, the Straw Hat Pirates, see what happens next for them. I mean, I, I, maybe for our break week, too. I know we, we pitched a few different things to do, maybe an anime check in. I would even also be down for a what's going on an egghead recap or something like that. Although I don't think that would take too long. But uh, I, I need to reread a bunch of those chapters. Yeah, it's been it has been longer than ever without the Straw Hats Luffy specifically. This is yeah. it's wild to think about. the longest it's ever been. And uh, yeah, so, OK, our boy, Kobe. Co DB, the best, the the honest lad. I I genuinely I and that was the other thing I guess for last week where I was like, well, Kobe's got to do something. He's got to do something big. I got to tell you, Travis, I was not expecting conquerors hockey. I was not expecting him to single handedly destroy the hand. I was thinking like he teams up with Gart maybe, or he does something that I don't know helps. <laughs> but I mean. He has just leapt to like the top tier of the Marines at this point, hasn't he? Because there are not a lot of characters that we know in the Marines who could pull that off. Like the sheer size and scale of that hand. The fact that he blows it apart in the way that like Garp's attack didn't blow apart the head. If you see it, if you notice, right, it splits it. But what Kobe's doing here is way more of like a decimation. So... I'm in shock. I'm in awe and I'm very proud. Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of assumed, uh, not necessarily speaking it out loud, but I think a lot of people kind of assumed that when we got towards the end of One Piece, there would be some sort of second time skip or some sort of look ahead at what happened after everything, right? And 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 it would be there that you would see Kobe finally, you know, match Luffy, um, you know, as kind of a bookend for the series and everything. And I think this is this here is just kind of making it abundantly clear that, you know, Kobe being younger than Luffy does not begrudge the reality that they have more, more or less been on their journeys at the same time. And it's only a year younger. Right. Right. And, and I think I think that youth that just that, you know, little bit of youth difference kind of has created this situation. But Kobe has been the character who has changed the most every time we've checked in on him. It makes 
perfect sense. I also didn't think I, w- I wasn't coming into this being like, are we going to have to have a talk about whether or not that was Gogger's hockey? <laughs> but like, wow, it, it makes perfect sense. Like, why wouldn't he? He he was he was the first person who set out with Luffy. He's the first person to have an, an equal level of passion in his dream. This is the perfect setup, especially since we know, you know, Oda loves those little kind of like, oh, what a funny happenstance parallel situation that the the, the student of Garp would uh, be, you know, the, the friendly rival of the Pirate King, because so was he. It makes perfect sense. He's the true underdog at this point of the story, isn't he? Because unlike Luffy, he doesn't have famous parents. He's, he doesn't come, you know, he wasn't. He didn't grow up with Garp, right? And like the last chapter did make an effort. It, it made a, an effort to say that, you know, these characters have to work for it, right? It wasn't just, you know, the fact that Garp and Kuzan are like training all the time. And it, it's clear that like there is a sort of destiny angle to this story. There is an inherited will to this. But Kobe is one of the very few characters who he is just like at the top tier just through sheer like will. In a way that like Luffy is too, but Luffy has a lot of privileges that, you know, he had been training for 10 years. Even before all this, Kobe was so weak, <laughs> you know, at the beginning of this story. And, uh, you know, even characters like Zoro, you know, we know what how uh, we now know that Zoro himself was what, like uh, descended from like powerful samurai <laughs> and he's uh, directly descended from Ryuma, like there's stuff like that, or was he directly descended, or was Ryuma like an uncle kind yeah, of? It was thing? it was an like uncle that. situation, I believe. According I think, to that I think that one samurai was his uncle. Maybe Ryuma yeah. was still up there, but yeah, either yeah. way. But like, you're right. It, it's one of those things that has kind of been this lingering issue with like more recent One Piece. Uh, now that we're in a post Gear Fifth era, is just how much of this is really still you know, what it has been before, where it was just kind of like, oh, this so just so happens. And I think what Oda has really done is created this interesting web of of, of events where it just so, you know, it's a little bit of fate nudging things, but that doesn't mean you necessarily um, embrace those things, right? Um, that, that, like, Kobe meeting Luffy was a stroke of luck, but it set them both on their paths, really. Um, without Kobe, Luffy would have literally probably been thrown out to sea, Without Shanks, Luffy would be like that old man, you know, exactly. that uh, that Bonnie kind of reveals, right? Like, I think yeah. Oleta has many times tried to drive that home of like all of these characters do have a version of themselves that is not the ideal. And it all has to do with choices and, and outcomes that they make, not destiny. There are yeah. multiple outcomes, which is, I think, something that he cares a lot about conveying through his story. Yeah, and and Kobe is uh, the definitive example of looking these decisions in the eyes and doubling down times 50, just doing twice as much work. He looked at Luffy and Zoro and understood, hey, they have... They have skill. They have talent, you know, not even knowing just how special, you know, Luffy's family was or anything like that. Just knowing right out of the gate from meeting them. Hey, these are the guys who are going to be sailing the seas. These are the guys I'm eventually going to have to hunt down. I just like that Kobe trained so hard. He stopped needing to wear glasses. That's my favorite part. Yeah, Isn't that wonderful? I mean, that's (laughs) I mean, that's observation hockey, right? I guess so. Yeah, just, I, that's what the people were saying back, like when in Marineford. <laughs> All right, no, back when um, he was re- Buff Kobe showed up before that, didn't he? Showed up uh, Water Seven. Water Seven. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, he, he's Wild. changed every time we've seen him. And it and it more so than any other character, both visually and and now literally in sheer power. Um, and it's it's genuinely fantastic. It's obviously the highlight of this chapter. It might be one of the highlights for a character in the entire series, honestly. Um, and it's great because he, he himself seems completely surprised. Like, 100% humble about it the whole way down. He's like, I had no idea I had it in me, guys. I just, you know, all I did was punch boats every day and, you know. It's relatable, though, right? Like, I think a lot of people can look at a situation like that and be like, yeah, one time I took a huge risk. I didn't know if I could actually do it. And, like, that feeling you have when you actually pull it off, I mean, it's definitely, like, one of the best feelings a human being can have in my opinion when you manage to do something you weren't sure you could do that is extremely difficult and you pull it off maybe just barely but uh in this case overwhelmingly and that itself is uh yeah it's something to behold i mean just to look how far this this character has come and i know we were talking about the teamwork thing before but i don't want to count out prince Gruce and how mutbo because uh you know he can't do it without them and i think that that is an example of, like that's real teamwork right there and just the fact that like how meppo you know he look he wasn't the star of the chapter but he he's the stealth heart in my opinion saves them they think that he might have uh yeah he cuts the the cannonball um and he uh arrives to save kobe he's the one who gets the flashback of like explaining to garp i mean he's great in this uh justice for hell meppo uh who has been kind of a more of a kobe cheerleader for a while (laughs) i guess I mean, I mean, I gotta be, I gotta be honest. When I was reading it the first time, and he cut that cannonball and it exploded, and he vanished in the explosion, I was genuinely worried about Helmeppo for a minute there. I was like, yeah, "Oh no, are we losing Helmeppo?" And then I was like, "Oh no, I'm worried about Helmeppo." <laughs> it took the a thousand plus raised. chapters. <laughs> yeah, I think the yeah. tone is in a really good place right now. It is feeling because of where we are at in the saga. It's the final saga. Yeah, anything can happen. And and Oda has been like, you know what? This character dead, you know, uh, and right. I think even even if not dead, I mean, we've, we've seen characters just get decimated, eradicated. Uh, Law being a big example, kid even more so, you know, and it, and it, it really makes, you know, you think about these three guys and a, a little note that I want to make in the very first in the very first flashback. You can see uh, Prince Cruz in the background with Kobe. I was where curious about that, though. The, the hat's the big giveaway. It's 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 the hat. That's I know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely him. But is he really in the class or I, was... I don't know? I don't know. But it's great that he's there because it means he's seen Kobe's growth, too. Yes. Uh, and, and to me, what this feels like is the Marine equivalent of the monster trio. This feels like the euphoric end of a big one piece arc where Luffy has finally landed the final punch. They're getting away with just seconds to spare. Zoro or Sanji is grabbing him to get them, get out of there. They're like so impressed. He's like, yeah, I did it. I also can't move now. Could you help me out, please? And it's just, it's incredible to see that like, oh, yeah, you know, we've we've been pairing these guys against like admirals and expecting a bunch of fights and everything. But we're looking at, uh, you know, the, what could be the future admirals, the the future opposition of the whole monster trio. Yeah, I would say that uh, Groose is uh, maybe he's our Sanji equivalent since his name is yeah Prince, you know, Mr. Yeah. Prince. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. It really does make sense. I, I saw some chatter, too, of like, oh. Uh, this means that Prince Groose was uh, the same year as Kobe. I think he's a senpai, though, in this. Like, I, I didn't get the indication that they're all the same level because uh, the thing to remember, too, 
is that if this is Garp, right? This is like the elite of the elite. Um, and this was like the elite Marines that Kobe and Helmeppo got invited into as recruits. So I would assume this class would be made up of people of differing levels, especially since Prince Gruus is like way higher up the food chain. And I think he's a bit older than Kobe. I don't say that definitively, but I, I don't think he's like 20. I think. Yeah, I, I would agree. Right. Um, same for uh, what's her name? The one who can um, whip things. Uh, I'm blanking on her name. The the old the uh, Obasan's daughter or granddaughter. And I can't. Ah, I'm forgetting. But she was she was uh, in this chapter. We saw her doing her thing, too. Yeah, it's you know, it it's kind of wild to think about that. We you know, Garp is a vice admiral, but he had the same bounty as the other admirals. And that makes sense, given that the only thing standing between Garp and being an admiral is Garp. So Bruce is a rear. He's admiral, a rear right? admiral. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Bruce is pretty up there. But we're talking about some really high, like a really high end group, a trained Kujaku. fleet of Marines. Yeah. Yes. Kujaku. She's also a rear admiral. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think Kobe just gets a uh, gets a uh, special child privileges, and we know why now. We know why now, and 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 I do want to talk a little bit about Garp. Bogart. Me too. Oh yeah, no, Bogart. I, I, <laughs> no, I mean I want to talk a little bit about Garp um, and what feels like a character shift here for him, for for me anyway. Well, I figured we would talk about his like morality and philosophy and ethics, right? Yeah, I want to talk about this uh, this little uh, mask off reveal where it turns out he's been <laughs> Might Guy the entire time. <laughs> uh deep cut there for you naruto fans but like yeah it's it's kind of wild to think about that this has been his philosophy the whole time you know we never got his justice so to speak right it's never been spoken but but um i've heard future justice um put um put forward is like the the phrase for it and sure that that i'll take that that works um but he he really becomes this encouragement when he's issuing these orders. It's not just okay, go do this. It's you like he understands that he needs to actually give Kobe an emotional boost in addition to just a just an order. He he understands fundamentally that the only thing that's really going to unlock this is driving home the point that Kobe is capable of doing it on, on a level that goes beyond just a just the relationship between a, a commanding officer and a, and a soldier, basically. And it, it's such an interesting take, you know, especially when you think about how he reacted to Kuzan in the previous flashback last chapter and his relationship with Luffy and Ace. It, it feels so it feels so weird almost because you you know luffy kind of has this fear of garp that doesn't really match any kind of threat they've faced uh he's one of the few people that luffy just straight up told the entire crew uh no back off we are just not uh we're not doing this um you know he has a legitimate fear and respect of garp and garp was always telling him he was trying to turn him into a navy man and he really came off as like a military father in in those chapters i've said before on the show that like if luffy gets the news that garp is mia or dead on on hachinosu i don't know how he would react because i don't think their relationship was one that was you know the same as like with ace by any stretch oh yeah um because he has a lot of you know for lack of a better term a little bit of of trauma from just being the grandson of monkey d garp and now we have that little bit of that little bit of extra you know detail that garp genuinely believes that the that the the youngsters under his care it's his job to protect and shepherd them to the future 
and that's in i mean clearly he does it in his own unique you know manga you know character way but uh i think it does end, lend a little bit more um humanity to what we know about him you know if he's the kind of guy who believes in this incremental change that like you just pass on what you can to the next generation and you let them figure it out you know that could definitely put him in conflict with his son you would think well if anything this only makes me even more sure that we have unfinished business with Garp because I think that to mark all of this growth, I think there's going to be an explanation for it lying in the God Valley stuff. And I think that there is a version of this character who I don't think has this level of justice and is just kind of in the God Valley, going through the God Valley incident with uh, Gold Roger, Gold D. Roger, and kind of uh, maybe that's where he, he got the D in his name, by the way. And uh, a certain character, him being a certain character who at the time was younger, more of a hotshot, but kind of learning what it means to shepherd the next generation. I know there's a little bit of that with the fact that he was willing to basically raise up in his own way the son of his mortal enemy. And th there's something that, uh, yeah, you're right, has been seeded from the very beginning. I would point to, you know, to the the little, the trolley problem that um, this... Uh, that this chapter begins with, which is that there's an old man and a baby. They've been left behind on an island of ravenous beasts. You're on a rowboat that can only hold two. What do you do? Which, I mean, my initial instinct was you, you hold the baby and you, you all leave together. But, you know, this isn't this is an Iron Man, so we're not doing that. Um, but, I mean, Kobe gives, I think, the answer that most people would give, right? It's like you get off the boat so that you can save the other people. You know, most people would look, would answer a question like that. And and I think there, there's a little subtle thing to this. The thing you could read it as sort of like, wow, Garp is so heartless. He would kill off an old man just because he, you know, he's ageist and he is. I think there's more to it than that. And I want to get your read on this. I think what's really going on here is that Garp understands people and then he understands that most people, Kobe not, notwithstanding, since he doesn't know Kobe well at this point, are saying this to say it. But would they actually do it? Would they actually put themselves on the line like that? I get the sense that like Garp doesn't really think that people are like that. And so his version of justice is almost like a practical justice of like, this is what you're getting. This is what you would do like, if you're actually in this situation and you know, it's not all fuzzy rainbows. And yeah, I, I don't know, Travis, that, that's my little closet theory there. I, I, I think people love, okay, let me, let me get a little nitpick out of the way here. First, people love reading like, ists into one piece for some reason we had the thing with hiori uh you know a little while ago from people not understanding um the ending of wano um uh the the, the famous uh, meme about zoro's opponents you know we, we could go on all day about it uh people love reading it, it's weird because people will read that stuff into it but then go like oh yeah one piece isn't political uh very funny stuff for me but um to me this i, I think i would agree like practical justice is exactly what i was thinking um, just looking at this, uh, I, I, and I would go so far as to say that Garp is speaking, you know, to uh, not just to his experience, but to his own understanding of himself. He is an old man. And I think it's a safe argument to make that if you were to ask the old man in the trolley problem, he would say the same thing. It's, it's it, you know, it, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, they tell you on an airplane, right, that you need to secure your own oxygen mask 
before you secure anybody else's right because you're no good to anybody if you pass out from loss of air and to me that sounds more like what this is about it's not thinking about the immediate solution to the problem it's thinking about 30 seconds after the problem uh if you put an old man and a baby on a boat and you send them out to sea is that old man going to be able to care for that baby long enough to find land uh, you know is there food is that baby you know you know, how heavy is that baby even? Can the old man carry that baby off the boat if something were to happen? Um, a, a Marine at least has some naval experience, right? They should be able to survive out on the water. And again, that baby can't be left behind for obvious reasons, right? So it, it just, it's one of those things where um, there's not necessarily a right answer, but there is, I think, yeah, the, the practical answer or uh, to put it another way, an answer that tests your own morals and your own logic. And Garp is somebody who has been on the, the other side of all of that as somebody who's done this his whole life. I, I don't think it's cruel. That's, that's definitely – I don't think that's what he's saying. That definitely, right. like obviously, his demeanor as a as a monkey D family member is not, you know, the most um, sensitive. But again, once you think about it for more than a second, and you take the con the context of Garp being the one asking this question out of it. Uh, I mean, it makes perfect sense. It, imagine the danger that would like that would have come if they had tried to go back for Garp on Hachinosu. It would have been catastrophic. Yeah. I, no, I completely agree. And I think that's the whole, I think that's what Oda's trying to say at the very end of this being like, this is what that anecdote that like, that's why we opened with this because it's driving home Garp's philosophy and where he's going to, you know, end as a character in this scenario, which it, I, I threw this out in the discord and, you know, I, I assume you were waiting to react to it so that you could rip it to pieces, but I kind of want there to be another Garp and Kuzan moment or a sort of like Kuzan. Uh, I, I don't think this will happen. It's very unlikely, but I kind of just like the idea of like Kuzan freeing Garp at some point way far into the story and maybe trying to like communicate like why, like if he was going to explain to anyone why he's doing what he's doing, if it could be Garp. And then if anything, you know, Garp dying at the end of some kind of, you know, real final confrontation between the two that is more significant than this. But yeah, I know it's a bit of a stretch. It's a, it's a Luffy type stretch, but I just, uh, I just really question what's going on with, with Kuzan and what's going on in his head right now. I mean, the look on his face in the last panel we see him, I mean, it is a man. It reminds me of Kuma, quite honestly. Like, he looks, like, just defeated because he clearly does not like what's happening. So, so again, I'm, I'm of the mind that it, at least before this moment, Kuzan was, was decided in what he wanted to do. Um, I, I don't like I, – I think I've completely let go of the idea that he's some sort of sleeper agent or this is some sort of, like, vigilante thing on his part or a sword thing. Um, I think he is a man who was lost and found the closest thing resembling a family he could find. I, I, that's what I feel like because it, uh, because he's willing to go to go to blows with his previous family um, pretty, pretty violently. Can you imagine if if he had docked with the Straw Hat Pirates instead of the Blackbeard Pirates and we had Aokiji on the Straw Hats right now? It, it would have been stacked. It would have been something, right? That would have been that would have been something. But I do think I do think again, it's one of those things where he's found himself once again in a in a situation that's going to lead to him being disillusioned. 
Um, so if you know if if we, if we do have a situation where him and Garb gets talking, and I could absolutely see him, you know, see a little bit of questioning there. I don't want to leave the metaphor behind though um, of what we're talking about here, because um, I think some of this is going to pay off sooner than we think, and not for Garp specifically, but because we are still in the Egghead Island art. Where anything can happen, nothing theoretically. Matters. <laughs> uh, you know, who knows what they'll call it at this point, but um, probably future island arc or something yeah, like that. I, I was gonna say, there's another old man on an island, isn't there? Mm, mm. That also goes missing at the end of this, according to the narrator. Hmm, mm, hmm. yeah, very I wonder, similar. I wonder if Garp ever had this talk with Luffy. <laughs> um when when did this arc start right it was like 1050 something i want to say i'll double check here but yeah yeah so like i think it's like 1050 1059 is the first number that pops out to me whatever the case i think it's it's been so far around 30 chapters um which for reference right i mean how long was wano like 200 or something or between 150 and 200 i want to say because just rosso was over 100 but uh, I should just look this stuff up so I don't talk nonsense here. We're still very much firmly playing in Zoe numbers right now. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot more to come, I'm sure. Oh, no. Wano, Wano was 138 chapters. I overshot it quite a bit. So, um, yeah. So then Dressrosa must have been just over 100 um, because it, it was still a lot. Oh, yeah. 102. And I remember 102 at the time was like, are we serious here? Like, that's like insane. Um, in terms of egghead, we're not even, you know, close to, to half of like one of these mega arcs, but there's still a lot that I think is going to happen. But I think that we're still in like that transition type of arc where I don't want to throw stuff out there recklessly, but I could see us get another 15 to 30 chapters before we wrap up egghead. That might be overshooting it though. I can't imagine we're going to get more than that, though, honestly. See, see, for me, I feel I feel the opposite. You view, we're in a mega arc right now. I not necessarily a mega arc, um, but where I originally felt like Egghead was like a Zoe or like some sort of transitionary arc. Um, given the fact that we've spent so f- to- so much time away, um, not as its own arc, because the last time we did this was Reverie and that was just its own arc. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is all supposed to be together. So. You know, it makes me kind of think that now we're about to go into, as far as I'm concerned, the siege of Egghead Island. We're not talking about, you know, Luffy is not causing problems there. He's barricaded himself in there. So we know that we know there's a shield up. Uh, We know that that's basically separating um, our crew from everybody else right now on the outside. And to me, it feels like it's really going to be try to defend that wall as much as possible until they can find the old man and get out of there. And again, question becomes, can they do that now? Um, and I think that with all of this, all of these presences and given where our straw hats are at, I don't think just running is going to be what Luffy wants to do at this point, especially since as soon as Rob Lucci discovers uh, that there is a giant naval fleet outside, he's done. He's switching sides. It, it, Alliance is over. Uh, I mean, I kind of wonder if something else is going to happen with Lucci behind the scenes. So there's not even that kind of question to come into play. I, I do think that, you know, I still really, do you think he's going to die? <laughs> I don't know if he's going to die or if sort of like, you know, 
go off on his own little like side mission that maybe leads to him dying <laughs> quite maybe I, I haven't really thought that far ahead but i still really like the idea that i think you first put out there ages ago uh the idea that at at a certain point luffy's going to get separated from the other straw hats and be put into a pretty dangerous situation and i know we we have frequently likened egghead to not necessarily Sabati Archipelago, but really that whole era of One Piece where we're really going from like thing to thing. And I think that this next stage is going to be a sort of like impelled down scenario where we're going to have the, this kind of wild siege, but it's going to lead into the next thing very seamlessly. We're not just going to have like a clean break. I think most people are assuming that at this point, right? Of like, there's no way that this is going to like, we're, the, you know, we're going to leave Egghead and, and the Straw Hats are just going to be on the sunny, you know, barbecuing or something like there's, there's going to be, I think, some heavy, heavy moments to come. And I think we're due. I think that there have been so many stake setting doom moments with Garp being crushed and and all these major characters just being obliterated. And I think something pretty bad is going to happen to the Straw Hats uh, in a minute. And jury's still out on what that's going to be. But I, I, I wouldn't even rule out a Straw Hat dying. I wouldn't rule out a Straw Hat defeat of some kind. And the thing that I'm most rooting for, and I think I want to I hope that you are too, Straw Hat Grand Fleet, baby. They're coming back. I mean, we, 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 we you, uh, you've got me all flabbergasted, but you're, um, you know, we talked about this theory with, you know, if Luffy was captured, for example, uh, traded himself over to the Marines to get the rest of his crew out or something, or now that we know the Blackbeard pirates are in, in you know, in, uh, sounds like Blackbeard might want to be interested in the Gomu Gomu no Mi if you catch my drift. Okay. Uh, so they, they wouldn't kill him either. Uh, that kind of creates a situation where that absolutely could happen or another crew member, um, is captured. I could see Zoro trading himself because he's done it before. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I think they would only want Luffy, but that's neither here nor there. Things, things are going to happen fast, right? Because I know it's a siege, but I mean, we're talking about Kizaru. We're talking about Saturn and hundred, how many ships? A hundred ships. Yeah. Plus Blackbeard Pirates. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Which and to me, if like if that Blackbeard, if that pirate ship is just going to be like two, let's be honest, like not heavy hitters. I, I think like infiltrators, right? If anything, like Luffy just being kind of kidnapped or something like that is definitely not off the table. Yeah, there, there's a lot of different ways this could end. None of them really sound great. But, you know, when we came into this arc 30 odd chapters ago and we thought this was going to be a breeze, they're going to take on CP0 and it's going to be an easy fight. And that part was true. But it's it's there's clearly this domino effect that is going to happen to make this a bad situation. And this is really a bad situation. Uh, you know, our heroes do not even know how bad the situation is, uh, which is a part of what Oda's been doing, you know, in this buildup to cutting back to Egghead is really driving home the fact that all of these powers that be that are converging on their location just by stroke of luck, um, they are not necessarily ready for. You know, the Blackbeard Pirates took down Monkey D. Garp, whether, you know, you know he got the win, but they took him down. Uh, Law has been defeated. Law, their ally, their friend, you might even say Nakama, uh, was, was defeated by Blackbeard. Unofficial. Unofficial, yeah. you know, less, much less official than Vivi, of course, but, um, 
you know, and then we, you know, one of the elder stars is, is on route and we know what they are capable of. Now we know that, you know, I don't think Saturn's going to fight necessarily. I don't think we're going to see what form he takes or anything like that, because I don't think it's going to be a fight. I think he's going to show up and cause it you know, do something. And then that's it. The, you know, the, the scales have completely tipped in the other direction. And I think he's going to command the seraphim. That's all he yeah, needs to do. That's right? all he needs to do. Because originally I was like, oh, are we going to get like a holy knight, you know, coming in? But I was like, ah, you don't, in this scenario, I guess you don't really need that. And I think their main mission, as we were told, is uh, to go around and and basically corral all the islands that have been rebelling. So, you know, it, it would seem almost like overkill for them to send even more, uh, another heavy hitter when they, they already have Kizaru. Uh, in this situation so yeah just just enough and we know now really that kizaru is there so that saturn doesn't have to fight it's less about protecting the elder stars and uh protecting their secrets more than anything else and i don't know if kizaru knows that or not right right And, and and you know i think that you were also right to point out i think a while ago that boy oh boy it is a good thing that we did not have our five week hiatus off of this chapter because i feel like the hiatus we had way more stuff to like speculate on and i think that if we had ended it here for five weeks i think there would it the weight would have felt too much because i think like coming off of all the aim stuff was way more tantalizing of a like let's really like go back and like reread a ton of things and try to like piece together what oda has been trying to hint at with Figurlin garling and vivi and nefertari lily like all that stuff whereas like with this chapter i mean you know, we've been talking for 50 minutes, but you and I have not been talking about a lot of stuff that's happened in the chapter. It's been very general and vague, right? And it's been way more about speculation in a in a very vague sense, uh, you know. So I just want to say, Oda, he's really good at the pacing. Don't don't underestimate him. That's for sure. Oh, oh yeah. He, he has truly over the years mastered it. And I would even go so far as to say that the scheduled breaks for him have done the story wonders, mm-hmm. um, not just because they are good for his health and, and we want Oda to be healthy and rested and, and well taken care of at all times, but just because it does allow him to go, OK, so we're going to be gone for X amount of time here. So I really want to make sure that the pet that whatever I'm giving them is enough to keep them satiated because he's that kind of person. We know that he works from the perspective of like audience expectation to a certain degree. He wants us to enjoy the act of reading one piece as much as possible. He reads the comments. He does. He absolutely reads the comments and and he knows you know, if he were to go away for five weeks, just as we transition away to Egghead with very little to go off of besides this very cool. And, and again, I want to stress the hype of of Kobe, you know, using a move like that is extremely cool and it's going to get drawn and redrawn and it's going to be a thing we think about for a really long time. And boy, howdy, do I wish they'd make a one piece fighting game now with Kobe in it, which would be rad. Uh, you know, Arx is throwing it out there anyway. Uh <laughs> But we would be completely drained. We would be like desperate for something to chew on in the meantime. And and so I think he did kind of arrange this in such a way as to be like, okay, I got to take a week or so off, you know, to get Egghead ready again. But, you know, we're going to be right back into it. Um, 
and and I and I do think that he has more of this structured this way. Um, you know, we know he took a month off after Wano to kind of lay out the the at least the building blocks for this final saga. So I think that we're not going to have too many issues where things don't click, or we're going to have many gaps where we're not getting that kind of level of of you know meat to chew on. You know, it would be funny though if we did not go back to Egghead in the next chapter. And it just cuts over to big news, Morgan. And well, and I told you, I told you that there's a part of me that is terrified. I am terrified that just to mess with me, Oda is going to like tell us what happened on Egghead, and then go back to Egghead and flash it back, like you know, just like the Reverie, right? We found out about Cobra and and, and Sabo and all of that, and Vivi missing and all that, and then had to go back and get those blanks filled in. And I'm terrified that's going to happen with Egghead as well. I'm I'm hoping not, but it would be very funny. I would admit. Watch us watch us go to Empty Bluff Island again, and it's just like a whole like one shot of like Buggy trying to, you know, like go to the bathroom and we're just sitting there reading the chapter being like oda you you, you genius <laughs> yeah yeah i mean at that point we'd probably have to really drink the kool-aid again wouldn't we <laughs> <laughs> oda you can do no wrong uh uh, uh never uh, makes mistakes <laughs> uh yeah you know um you, you know it just doesn't it, you know, since you bring it up do you think we're ever gonna get a cover story again i i I, I haven't written it off. Like I haven't, I haven't thought to myself we're in danger of not having cover stories anymore, but I have sort of wondered like, will they completely change? Like, are we going to get them, but they're going to be in a totally different form, right? Like what if instead of a cover story for something that is happening or that happened pretty recently, we got a cover story a little bit more similar to the end, or I, I guess, I guess the Vegapunk one, the, uh, the Germa 66 one was almost like a flashback within a cover story. What if we got more of those? What if we, you know, what if like there were certain events that have been hinted at or have been teased that Oda started to reveal through cover stories that he can't fit into the main story? I'm not saying like God Valley would necessarily be something like that, but it could be a, something as simple as like, hey, here, here is an adventure Shanks went on, you know, after he left Luffy and it ties into like whatever is going to come next for him and his crew. You know, I, I would find that to be kind of interesting because we've been getting, yeah, like just reader requests for a while and color, color spreads, which are fun and nice. And I like them, but uh, I hope, I hope it's not the end. Do you? Well, it, it's again, one of those things that I have a weird vibe about because, you know, I don't think the, ha the Hachinosu stuff at this point would have been a cover story, but the law Blackbeard fight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cover story stuff or, or even not even that just a news coup update after Egghead. Like that's how it would have been before we made the transition to like this final saga stage it really does feel like a turning point in the story where like more information has to be put directly into the to the pages of the manga uh which again rocky has helped port with the pacing yeah rocky port Show we still don't that. fully understand yeah like that's a you know that's a thing that we've never had clarified um law and kobe are both very important characters or you know even even at this point i wouldn't even be too perturbed if um the cover stories weren't critical information because not every single one of them i would say is like life-changing like the wapple cover story is what helps them come back to the story later but it's also like mostly goofy and fun it changed my life to be fair i guess it didn't change yours but that's okay. a lot a lot a lot changes your life john <laughs> that's true i mean in this case i mean it was coming out right now <laughs> yeah right right uh but um 
but you know like the nl story you know hasn't retied into the into the main story yet mm-hmm. but yeah you know, gotta have that um, yet that's a big that yet, yet it's a big yeah, yeah. yet but you know it's like we've, we've done those before and they've been fun and i would love to see them um even even if they're just you know even if the rocky port incident isn't a big canon shifting thing that we actually need explained it's the kind of thing he always gets into in the sbs's anyway we, we could draw yeah. some of those we could do the kid flashback is is cover stories just for fun i would love to check in on some you know we didn't do decks of the world um like we've done before for quite a while a part of that is because a lot of the characters we would check in on we did in the main story but you know how's how's you know windmill village doing you know let's, right. let's check in um how's kaya doing we haven't checked in on kaya in a little bit how you know it would be it would be nice to see you know it would be nice to even get like the the rest of of the journeys back from the reverie that could be fun um we w- i would love to know what happened with jimbei's former crew because uh, we know he yeah. got away from Big Mom, but like that feels like he just kind of shows up, and I loved that moment, by the way. But you know, there was a whole crew. Like, where's Aladdin and them? Like, I hope they picked up Pachi and uh, are hanging out, you know, over uh, at the archipelago or something. That would it's be great. I would, you know, they returned to Fishman Island or something. That would be, you know, at the same time, you know, Neptune comes back, it causes problems. Like, you know, any- show us, show us Arlong again. I mean, and we're getting him in the the live action. He showed up in the color spread here. Right. And Check in on Impel Down. Let's see how Doflamingo's doing in his bird cage. Uh, you know. <laughs> especially you know especially since we know people were trying to kill doflamingo apparently yeah that's a that's a whole cover story is magellan trying to keep doflamingo alive that's an entire cover story how's magellan doing that's perfect for a gag manga isn't it right how's magellan doing let's see how he's doing like there's so many different things we could be doing so i don't want them to go away um but it really does feel like the important stuff in cover stories is going to be like really really um like nitpicky lore stuff at this point if we get them at all uh like you were saying to like fill in gaps because wow there's just so much going on in the main story now agreed and there's so much going on i think on this podcast so it's time for us to wrap it up because i think next week we will most likely do a kind of summer anime episode uh wouldn't be a preview since we're in the middle of summer but uh would probably just be sort of like our favorite anime right now kind of thing uh, I, we could all we could always pick an anime to get into, but I, I don't think there are any out right now that we're both watching or that Ali is watching that is several episodes in at this point. But there are a few that we could sort of tee off the way we did our spring one. Uh, I know for for me right now, Travis, I I'm, I'm getting into uh, I, I know we mentioned this one last week, but Bucket List of the Dead, Zom 100, been up in that. I've been watching uh, Rent a Girlfriend a couple episodes in, and uh, that's my journey. That's my battle. You don't have to. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, also, I, I did finally get into Mashoku Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation, at the behest of several people. It's I think season two is coming out now, so I'm I'm checking out the first season. Have, have you seen any of Mushoku Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation? Uh, I've seen a little bit of it. Um, I do know that it has a bit of a um, notorious status as like one of the very early isekai light novels. Like this is a significantly overdue adaptation. You can tell it is very fundamental. Um, and it, it's also quite sort of like, oh yeah, I mean, this is like, 
Oh boy. <laughs> it's, it, that's where all the tropes came from, right? Oh yeah. Um, I've heard very passionate defenses of it though. And, and, you know, on this show, on our boys love episode, um, Kate Sanchez made a very strong point that just because something is problematic doesn't mean that it, it shouldn't be a, you know, shouldn't be in something right within, within a certain reason. Like, like it doesn't have to completely adhere to your values or anything like that. So I try not to get too directly down on, on anything. And yes, that does include your, uh, your essay long messages to me about domestic girlfriend as well um <laughs> you know it's i'm trying to understand not not uh belittle it uh so you know uh, you. i have kind of had that on my radar a little bit uh, i'm glad i got a season two uh for me um i also have been catching up on some stuff because i knew we were going to be probably doing that episode next week so i also uh binged zom 100 this afternoon with my spouse and uh um, is that communist propaganda or what? <laughs> I love it so much. And I'm it's loving so it. Good. I've just seen the first two episodes. I think there's oh, three right now. There's three. Yeah. Yeah. One came out, I think yesterday or the day before. Brilliant stuff. I mean, the, that is one of the best opening, like opening episodes to a manga. I think I've ever seen like it's, it's at like the top of my list and it's a short list of like anime uh, i said manga probably uh anime that just opens with like a near perfect episode and i thought after the hell's paradise one i was like man that is such a great way to open and then this one trumps it for me for sure yeah it, it was it like i knew it was going to be something i liked pretty much from the very first trailer um that was released when we first got press materials for oh, it i knew nothing about it really nothing yeah i went I, right into I, it. I just saw that uh one of our writers was jose covering it yeah, Jose's covering it. Yeah, I saw that he covered it, and I was like, look, Jose hasn't steered me wrong yet. He will, but not yet. And I I just saw the title, and I went for it. I didn't pay attention to anything. I didn't know what it was about. And then when it opened, I was just like, oh, I guess this is kind of, uh, oh, no, I don't know anything. Okay. That means I failed you, because I, I got the email from Crunchyroll like three months ago about them securing it, and uh, I immediately sent it to Allie like, look at this. Look at how good this looks. Uh, so failed it. I, you, you set me up for success, Travis. I don't like to be, <laughs> I don't want to know these things. I want to go in as fresh as possible. Like whenever I see like those videos on YouTube where it's just like, here are the ones to watch. Like, and I, and I'm like, I don't want to know because you're going to tell me what they're about. And I don't want to know. I want to watch everything not knowing anything. That's, that's my preference. I know not everybody likes to do that because people, you know, I avoid them time. to avoid plagiarism. <laughs> so I completely understand that. Uh, no, but it is, it is genuinely and, um, and a beautiful show so far um i'm impressed yeah. it's a it's a new studio um made up of of uh, uh professionals people who have who've been doing this for a while but they formed their own studio probably former mappa employees <laughs> um well so funny thing funny thing since we're talking about it now um you you if you saw the badges in the first episode he worked for a company called zlm and i need to go check the manga to be sure if that was um in there or not but the the prevailing rumor for anime onlys anyway is that because a lot of the staffers for bug films who's the the studio working on this came from olm that they basically got this specifically to dunk on olm which would be what yeah which would be insane <laughs> Which wow. would be insane if true. I need to. I will check that. Uh, I will do investigative journalism, and I will return with updates on that um, next time. But I definitely don't want us to get in trouble. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> no, oh, I, I, ju I just want to see if it's in the manga. But speaking of that manga, um, have you uh, heard of Alice in Borderland? Yes, yes. The uh, Netflix show. 
Yeah, well, yeah. So it's based on a manga by Haro Asa, and yeah, yeah. it's the same mangaka as Zom 100. No way. Okay. Oh yeah, and a lot of these same themes. It seems to be something really on his mind. This idea of yeah. what it means to live your modern, like a modern Japanese life. It re- and and like what that means in relation to to death, um, and wanting to die and and depression. It's kind of like a recurring theme. I do appreciate that Zom One Hundred is way less of a bummer though. <laughs> Because Alice in Borderlands a bummer. I'm going to cut you out there because I think you got to save it for, I think we're going to have a round table. I think like once this thing is at least six episodes in, I thought, I think we got to get the game together and talk about uh, this, this anime. Uh, I also was going to mention uh, uh, <clears throat> my, my new, my new guilty pleasure. Are you ready for it? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I think I know what it is. But <laughs> well, what's your guess? What's your guess? Oh, it was that other manga you were messaging me about. The same mangaka, though, right? It's no, no, it's girlfriend. not. Oh, no, this is one? anime. This is anime. Oh, anime. Okay. All right. Hit me. Man- Manga-wise, I've been reading uh, more of a Shikamori's Not Just a Cutie, and uh, I've been catching up on a couple of cuckoos. But uh, because I caught up on Can I Live With You, the uh, Sasuke K's follow-up to Domestic Girlfriend, which is brilliant, but it's only five chapters so far, and that's my heart. Uh, but no, anime-wise, Masamune Kun's Revenge. Tell me about it. Okay, here we go. Okay, so this anime is about this guy, right? And this guy, he, uh, you know, he works out all the time. He's very fit. He's kind of he's a little full of himself, but you find out that he used to be very, very chubby, and he was like he saw himself as this very ugly kid. There's this girl at his high school he just transferred to. He's also a rich kid who is called the Cruel Princess. Because all the guys want to date her, but she like does background checks on them and like announces to the entire school that like they're into like some kind of like weird pornography or something like that. And so she is just sort of seen as this like undateable man hating ice queen. And the our main character, Masamune Kun, he decides that he is going to date her. But here's the thing. He's dating her to get revenge. Because when he was a chubby schoolboy, he told her that he loved her because they knew each other as children, but she rejected him completely. And in this point, she doesn't recognize him, doesn't know who he is, and now he's like the most popular guy in school, and he's trying to concoct this like evil plan to get her to fall in love with him so that he can basically break her heart. It's terrible. It's so bad. And I would say that, like, the main guy in Rented Girlfriend, he's one of the most unlikable anime characters, right? That, you know, on one of the most popular shows. So I'd say that, like, he, Kazuya, he's probably like an eight out of 10 on unlikability. Masamune Kun's not that bad. He's like a six, maybe 6.5. His issue is that his inner monologue never shuts the hell up. It's really annoying. But. I am addicted. Uh, I've watched 10 episodes so far. This anime was apparently coming out like in 2017. I don't even know if it has like more seasons. Um, I'm going to find out soon, I think. But uh, I love it with my entire heart because it is so goofy. It's one of those anime that like I, I only told you like basically the first 10 minutes. But it's one of those anime that has like 20 plot twists in like one episode. And you're like, oh, this this person has a terminal illness. Uh, OK. And then like all of a sudden it's like, oh, this person was about to, you know, commit suicide. OK. And then it just never stops. Like, it's just completely unhinged. Uh, It's extremely problematic. I mean, at the same time, though, 
I do think in the ninth episode, it gets to the point where it's like, here's what things are really about. And it starts to maybe unravel the main character a bit. And I feel confident, Travis, that it's going to go from being total trash to blissful trash, maybe in the next episode. So I'll keep you posted. John, did did you somehow find the high school romance anime adaptation of The Count of Monte Cristo? <laughs> it's it's kind of like that, isn't it? Uh, except what... in Count of Monte Cristo, he had a really good reason. Dude, it's so annoying because you're just like, he would have it all. His motivations make no sense. And I think that's what the anime is starting to finally address is like, anybody watching this is going to be like, why is he doing this? <laughs> like, he's so dumb. Like, people are like asking him out and he's like, wow, this person's really attractive and we get along i should go out with them but i won't because i have to get revenge because this girl when i was six years old rejected me (laughs) it's stupid but there is something going on behind the whole thing there's a reason he's doing what he's doing that it's starting to come into focus i will i will uh i'll take your word for that uh, yeah, don't watch it. That's what no it one sounds, watch but it. But that's what it that's what it sounds like, though. Is the Count of Monte Cristo, but like filtered through um, a bad interpretation of Kaguya Sama. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I watched a little bit of Higa Hero after being rejected. I blah blah blah. I don't remember the full name. Uh, it's okay. And then my tiny senpai is just cute and beautiful and fun, and I love it. I um, knew, and there's a new I season knew of Tony. That Kawa. was going to be bait for you. I knew that was going to be. Bait Everyone for you. keeps saying that. I don't get it. What? Why did everyone think that I was going to go for tiny? Whatever. I read the synopsis and I went, "This is oh. some John Bait." Like I didn't read the title. The title isn't what the the, the 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 title isn't what did it for me. It was reading the synopsis. I went, "This is too cute." She's this small warm- and cute, and the boss. This is gonna this is gonna warm his heart. And and like like literally, I I told the other staff writers for the anime section, I'm like I'm like John is gonna love this. Just she acts wait. like a cat. That's great. Yeah. I also watched a little bit of Adachi and Shimamura, going back to uh, one that came out a while ago. So yeah, I, I've been I, going through I, I, older stuff. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. A preview might be necessary because I still have uh, my radar on things like Helk. I have to give Helk a look in over there on High Dive. Well, I want to watch newer. St- that's the thing is like I haven't been watching the new stuff. I did. Oh, yeah. Oshinoko. I watched uh, half of the first episode, which is like an hour and a half long. OK. Um, oh, no, you great. have to fit. No, you can't just watch half that episode. I got busy. You got to start it over, man. It's on high dive. Okay, so it's on high dive. So I forget that it's a thing. So I have to remind myself that I was watching it. That's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I under, that, That's why nobody knows Helk came out because it's on high dive. But uh, I'm sorry, Travis. I'll, I'll get on to high dive and I'll start watching the new things. Everyone listening to this who has watched that first episode is screaming right now. I guarantee <laughs> you at, at the idea that you stopped halfway through. I'm sorry. Well, oh, also, I, I forgot to mention uh, there is a new one that I've been watching that I've been liking. Uh, Reign of the Seven Spellblades. Uh, that's the uh, kind of like what if um, Hogwarts, but better. And uh, essentially, like the Hermione character isn't, you know, treated or bullied because she wants to end slavery. That's the pitch. Uh, that's a great pitch. That's that's right up there with the Mashal pitch. It's not as good. But it has potential, so I'm sticking with it. Yeah, just watched the first episode, and I was like, yeah, yeah, this this could be it. This could do something. But I, I, the problem is that I start watching these fantasy anime, and then I'm like, but my tiny senpai is right there, and like that's gonna make me feel good about my life. So anyway, yeah, I've got I've got to figure out my 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 uh, best anime watching rotation order uh, because because like I went from I went from Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, catching up on that which was a which was a 
I watched the first episode of the I new season. I knew that arc was going to be pain, but they really nailed it. Uh, and and then I went from that right into Zom 100. So it was kind of like, oh, that Speaking actually kind of worked. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I liked the first episode of the season. I still need to keep going with it. But uh, I, I skipped over this season's like replacement trash for rent a girlfriend because rent a girlfriend is the one where everyone's like, Oh, that's what I'm going to watch when I hate myself. But if you want to hate yourself even more, the girl I like forgot her glasses. We almost forgot. Travis. Oh yeah. No, I, I am tempted to go back and keep watching it because I, everything about this anime flabbergasts me and it's go hands. So I don't need to like, I shouldn't need to go. Why is this this way? It's go hands. That's the answer. But everything about it from the premise to the way that it's shot to, uh, the, the way that it's shot is just, um, I, I mean, I almost feel like it's staring into the abyss. <laughs> It is. It is. It is unhinged. Um, it is. It's a curiosity more than anything else. So, all right. That is, that is the gist of what I've been watching. Was there anything else you wanted to cover off, Travis? That uh... Uh, no, no. Like I said, uh, the the next thing on my radar is Hulk. It's kind of an interesting uh, little uh, little flip on fighting the demons for the human realm kind of story. Um, that's supposed to be kind of a subversion type thing. Oh. I'm trying to go in blind because it's the big one that High Dive was excited about. And the last okay. one that High Dive locked in that they were excited about was Oshinoko. So I'm going to take their word for it. The next one for me is uh, Ali uh, clued me in on Blue Spring Ride, which she said she's been watching with uh, Quinn. And uh, they're apparently hooked. I think it looks great. I don't know what the like whole deal with it is, but uh, you know, I just saw the cover art and I was like, yeah, I'll watch this for sure. So, all right, that's our that's our like little brief anime check in. I'm not sure how much detail we'll go into next week, but as always, if you have an idea of something you'd like us to talk about when One Piece is not on, then uh, let us know. Uh, we will add it to the list. If not, jump on it soon. And uh, in the meantime, you have the Discord link. We want to see it. We want to talk and hang out with you or, you know, email us too. If you'd rather do that anonymously, that's fine as well. We'll see you all when, uh, you know, the next thing happens. Later. Later.